Hello, I'm Taylor Payne and welcome to a special edition of Pod on the Tyne where we welcome a big name guest to the show. My podcast colleagues and the Athletics Newcastle United correspondents George Colton and Chris Woff recently took a trip to Merseyside and met up with our former manager, the great Rafa Benitez. The full interview is coming up on this podcast where Rafa starts off by discussing his job in China uh, before going on to reflect on his tenure as Newcastle manager and whether he is close to making a return to the Premier League. You can also read Rafa's regular column at The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber, you can get one right now with a 40% discount by going to theathletic.com and entering the code NEWCASTLEPOD. Anyway, over to George, Chris and Rafa. Hi Rafa, how are you doing? Uh, fine, and you? You okay? Yes, very well, thank you. You're back from China. We're in, we're in Merseyside. Let's talk, about, let's talk about how it's going at Dalian Yifang first. People, they don't know how difficult is the Chinese league. When you go there in, in July, you cannot sign players. So we, we couldn't sign players. It's just under-21s, a couple of under-21s, because the senior players, you have five spots, and then they were already signed then you have to start working in a different environment and you start playing games. You don't know the referees, you don't know the, the opponent, so you have to learn everything quickly. We did quite well. And after, in the middle of the, of the second part of the season, uh, we decided that uh, we needed to start playing young players, thinking about the, the next season. You've, you've worked all over Europe, but the one thing that you've always had in your favour is that you've always had the language. Is that the biggest difference with, with China, where that must kind of influence everything, not just the way you talk to footballers, but also the people above you, also things like emails. Is that, is that, is that the sort of the biggest difference for you, the biggest it's challenge? A it's a massive difference, for sure. Uh, the first thing is the communication with players. You have to transmit something, your emotions, everything, and then has to be through your translator. So not too many people talk Chinese when they go there. You need five, six years studying Chinese to, to, to communicate in, in the right way. So you need the, the translator. So players is a big issue because you have to go through him. But as you say, and that is an, an important part, uh, confidentiality, for example. You want to talk about, okay, I want to sign this player that is 40 million euros. Then you have to do it through your translator. Then all the documents, everything has to be translated for him. And uh, we have had situations. I'm really uh, lucky because my translator is very good and he's... Uh, he keeps the, the secrets quite well, <laughs> but I'm telling you, we have had uh, games that uh, we were preparing the team talk and our people were telling us how the other team will play and who will play in each position and the tactics because the translators, they talk between them. Wow. So then wow. the translator of my teams, they talk with the translators of the other teams and we finished the last game, we finished the team talk and we knew the team of the, other, uh, the, the opponent we need a team and uh, the idea what they wanted to do. And are you, are you actually enjoying it? It's a challenge for me. So enjoy is when you should do something and you win. Obviously, we did well, but I'm not happy. So we have to, we have to do better. So we have to be more competitive. We have to be um, more aggressive in, in the game. We have to play better. We have to score more goals. We have to consider the goals. All these things that you want to do to be closer to the teams at the top. As, as you said a little earlier, Dalian isn't yet one of the top clubs, but it is a hugely ambitious club, isn't it? And you're, you're not just involved on the pitch, managing the team, you're also involved in what's happening off the pitch. Can you give us a little bit of insight into that? Yeah, the reality is that uh, I'm working as a manager. So in China, they don't used to compete until they are 13 years old. Now we are bringing uh, the schools, we are bringing uh, the Spanish coaches, 
and then we will try to to coach them properly to be sure that when they go to 13 at least they have the basics from football because tactically uh, technically they start too late all these things are so complicated to teach when they are 20 years old or 25 years old that they, it's like you are in the academy and then at the same time you have to compete So as I said, you are back on Merseyside and listeners may be able to hear a bit of background noise here. We're at Hickory's, uh, who were who are very kindly hosting us uh, today. It's sacking season as well as Christmas. Um, so for some managers, it might not be for such, such a happy Christmas. But how do you feel about that? I mean, some big clubs have lost some high-profile managers in the last few weeks. Your name has been mentioned. You did talk about this on Sky the other, the other, the other week. How do you feel about that? You have two years left on your contract at, at Dalian. What's your situation? Are you not at all tempted? Does not some part of you feel that you could be coming back? Yeah, the first thing I was surprised because um, we used to say when I was in Spain, oh, in England, the, the managers, they stay for a long time. But it's not the case now. No? With a lot of money involved in football, everybody wants to win the first year and uh, no patience and then uh, change everything uh, in, a few, in a few weeks. So first of all, it was a surprise. I was very clear that I have uh, a contract and I want to, to do well in China because uh, they support me, they trust me, and we have a big project. Uh, then we will try to do our best and stay there uh, as much as we can. No? In football, you never know. But at the moment, I think we are happy with uh, each other and uh, we are working hard trying to improve things. In terms of um, the experience, what means that? Uh, I used to be also in this situation when... Uh, uh, it's difficult to uh, to explain. No, you are trying to do your best. You are working really hard, but it's not depend on depends on you. Depends on a lot of people around you. So Camacho, the former Spanish coach, was saying, "You are not a manager. You are not a coach until they fire you." So you don't realize how difficult is uh, this job. And um, now it's even more difficult, more pressure. Uh, you have to win almost every game. As soon as something is wrong, if you win, sometimes we'll say no. But you have to play better. But uh, if you cannot win. And you play well, it's okay, but uh, it doesn't matter, you have to win. So it's a very difficult situation. And uh, because everybody's spending money, they fire more people, they sack more people. And it's a bad feeling. It's a, it's a feeling that at the beginning, you say, I don't understand. I was doing my best. I was uh, working really hard also in connection with the club. My first time in Valladolid, I was working with the, with the chief scout all the time together. We didn't have the money. It was a surprise because it was a second division team promoted to first division in, uh, for a problem with uh, the lows in 15 days. But uh, still you were doing your best uh, and working hard with, uh, uh, with the people in charge. And then something was wrong and it's easier to fire the, the manager because you have 25 players and everybody is saying the same. Then they fire the manager. You feel that, okay, what I did wrong. And then you start analyzing this for the next time. You said very clearly when you left Newcastle that you didn't just want to hang around and and wait for the first manager to be sacked in the Premier League. And because quite often those clubs that do the sackings are the clubs that are towards the bottom of the table and that you felt you'd sort of done that kind of job enough at Newcastle. However, the clubs that have sacked their manager in the Premier League recently are actually big clubs. Does part of you not think maybe I should have waited? No, not really, because I have had this experience. When I left uh, Inter de Milan, I had Atletico Madrid, I have uh, Sampdoria, I have some, some teams uh, asking at this time. And uh, even last year when I was in uh, Newcastle, I have some offers from the Premier League, but uh, 
you have to to do the right things in your head and then when i left i decided that i i wanted to keep working i didn't want to wait and that's it, it was a big project it was a great option and then i was happy with that if sorry if uh, these uh, teams that they fire the managers if they wanted to come in the past they will they could come and if they wanted to come they have to be really convinced it's not a question that uh, someone is telling you oh maybe it's an option no and i'm happy with uh, where i am at the moment we are doing well and hopefully we can continue doing well and if something happened because football change uh, will be in a future so we will consider everything but uh, at the moment i think it's, it's fine and i'm happy with that but i mean the premier league in the future you've mentioned it there it's a league you've worked in three different clubs somewhere you'd very much like to come back to at some stage in the future still yeah, in the future, for sure, because uh, my family is here. The Premier League is uh, very exciting, so it's very competitive. Uh, the stadiums are full, the fans are, are very passionate, so a lot of positives, and the, the game is uh, really intense, so, so it's, it's something that I like. But if not, I can go to Italy, I can go to Spain, or maybe I stay in China, it depends uh, if they're happy with me, so you never know. Uh, in football, I have learned that one week can make a big difference. So. Even when you are in the worst uh, moment, in one week everything can change. You win against uh, a team that uh, nobody is expecting and then everything changes and then you start winning games in a row and you are the best manager in, in the division. So it's just uh, to be sure that the, you're happy with what you are doing and then you are professional and you try to keep your word when you have an agreement with any club. Part of what makes you the manager and man you are is that you have this absolute desire and need to work as well isn't isn't that part of your makeup yeah when uh, i left inter i was waiting for a while for the right uh, club coming i have one in germany and then after was uh, chelsea but um, this time that you are at home so i was joking about uh, my wife in the kitchen with the glasses organizing the the, the 442 formation or you know, with the, the plates or everything, and said, okay, come on, get a job. So I was joking with that, but the reality is that it's true, is that um, you want to do well, you want uh, to do your job because you have been working so hard to be where you are, that uh, you, are, you are missing something, and you have, to, you have to do it. Sometimes you are tempted to do it in another level, but you know that you can compete for trophies. You know that you can, you can challenge against the best managers in the world if you have the right tools. So then... Uh, you cannot be waiting and waiting. So if uh, uh, everything is fine in Dalian and then in, the, in a couple of years uh, I, con I decide to come back, I'm sure that there will be chances, will be opportunities in the Premier League and we can find anyone to, to be sure that we can compete. And without being too provocative, because you have answered this question recently, the Everton job is obviously available right now. I know you've said it's not the right time, but you do have, you do have a deep connection to Merseyside and it's it's the Liverpool connection is is obvious to everybody and what you achieved there but there is a wider connection to, to to the Merseyside region and people as well isn't there yeah we have been here for a while now uh, and then since we were here obviously we have the Liverpool uh, connections but also we have a charity and we have been uh, working really hard with different charities here with uh, Evertonians and Liverpoolians so we don't have any problem with that and I think that the fans here they appreciate that Obviously, it's a very difficult decision because um, the Liverpool fan would say why, but some of the Everton fan would say why. So <laughs> then, uh, in the end, it, I don't have this uh, to make this decision now. What I have to do is to do well in Dalian, 
and see what happens in the future. So I have uh, still a good relationship with the a club, with the Liverpool fans, but I have some friends that they are Evertonian, so I don't have any problem to to go back in the future and consider all the options, but I'm not applying for the position because I'm happy where we are and I'm happy what we are doing, and you never know. But at least it's not that um, I go against uh, this idea because that uh, if I have to choose and stay close to my family, uh, why not? And I'm sure that the fans will say, listen, if he wants to get a job and wants to stay where he's happy, so I think that the fans will appreciate that too. And when you talk about in the future, you, you, you've said a few times over the last few years you still feel young in terms of uh, being a manager. Where do you feel you're at in terms of your career? How long do you think you can keep going managing? And you've spoken a little bit about it, national jobs possibly in the future. How far in the future do you think that that would be as well? No, if you consider that uh, you have um, Ferguson in the past, Roy Hodgson now, so still they are managing, and I, I think I have around 10 years, but if I have the same energy and the same passion that I have now, maybe even more. So, we are a Newcastle podcast, so we are going to talk to you a little bit about your, your time at St. James's Park. For people who want to kind of know the reason why you left, uh, your first column for The Athletic was about that, and I don't think we need to reopen that wound um, but we would like to talk about some sort of some of the happier moments of your time at St James's Park because it was a it was an important three years for the club I'm sure it was an important three years for you I mean do you do you do you miss the people there do you miss the club do you miss the players to be fair I have, I have had very good relationship with them with them with the fans with the people in the in the city in the streets uh, everywhere so it was a, a very good time for me. One of the most important games maybe was the last one, uh, my first year against uh, Tottenham at home. Because the atmosphere was so good, so positive. The fans uh, pushing and pushing for me to stay. And uh, talking with my staff, we say, listen, uh, what they say so many times, you have the potential, you can see the potential, you can uh, feel the passion. And then it's a great uh, city, a great place maybe to do what we wanted to do. Then we decided to stay. It was a, the championship was more difficult than nobody was expecting. Even when you say, oh, we have a good team. Yeah, but we, we signed some good players for the championship. And uh, then we were competing against uh, very good teams. Uh, Brighton was doing really well. But uh, Reading was uh, doing well. Huddersfield was doing well. And Norwich was doing well. So it was another game against Norwich at home that uh, was massive when we won 4-3. We scored in a couple of uh, minutes. We scored a couple of goals. So... We have had these very good memories in terms of uh, passion, commitment, the, the relationship uh, with the fans, uh, with the city. So it was a great time. And um, even some people said, oh, you don't need to talk too much about that. I didn't want to, to talk too much about that. But the reality is that we have been there for three years. We gave everything. We, we, were, we decided to stay in the championship. And then we gave the fans something that uh, I can hear sometimes is hope. They have, they believe that we could be bigger and bigger and stronger. So that was a, a positive feeling for me. And uh, it was a pity now in the end. You mentioned the Tottenham game. I mean, one of the most extraordinary atmospheres that I can remember for watching Newcastle most of my life. Um, you know, a day when Newcastle were going down, but the atmosphere around the ground was, was positive. It was euphoric. And... You know, you're you're viewed as a as a very rational man. You're viewed as a very kind of logical man. But you must have been hugely swayed by that atmosphere that day, and these people sort of imploring you to to stay with them. 
Yeah, not because they were imploring. It's just uh, because I could see that the the passion was there. Doing the right things, uh, we'll have the support of the fans. Uh, and we have had this support uh, for years. So I think uh, that was crucial in terms of what you wanted to achieve. So to promote from the championship, when you have the fans behind, it's easier that if you don't have uh, the, the right atmosphere. So everything was so positive that uh, we decided to stay. Obviously, my family uh, is in, uh, in England. Then I wanted to stay close to them. It was a big risk, but they still uh, was something that I wanted to to take because um, I had the belief that we could do it well. We did extremely well because it's not just that uh, we promoted, uh, we won, and people say, yeah, because Brighton, yeah, it doesn't matter, we won. So in the end, uh, it was a, a great achievement. Just one of the three teams that are relegated used to, to promote and sometimes even through the playoffs, so not uh, directly. So I think it was a great achievement. We signed some some good players for the championship, so we needed to build a new squad, a new team for the Premier League. We did it and we finished 10th. So I think it was um, a great achievement again. So people, they don't realize how difficult. Now, Newcastle United, they are doing well, but they have been two years in the Premier League. So now these players, they have the experience. The majority of them, they have the experience. They know how to play, they know what to do. And it's a little bit easier than the first year. So I think it's um, something that you could feel from this day against Tottenham that uh, the atmosphere, the, the, the potential, the, the city, the fans, every, everybody behind the team uh, will help and everybody will enjoy. Hopefully they will enjoy. But OK, we did well. But uh, still, I think that they have the potential to do even better. When you came in, in March 2016, I mean, you spoke then about the potential of the club, the size of the club. But over the, the, the few months that followed, I mean, thinking specifically about that Tottenham game, were you even surprised by the reaction, by the feeling within the ground? Did, did, were you surprised by the, what you felt could be the size of the club? Did, 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 did you have to come within the club to really realise all the potential? Yeah, for sure that I played uh, at St. James' Park so many times with Liverpool and you could see, you could feel also this, uh, this atmosphere, but it's not the same when you are there and in a specific game. So in games that you are doing well, the fans are... So, oh, when you need the fans, no, you are not doing so well, and you need the fans, and they are behind the team when you have a good tackle or a good chance, no. So, it was massive, it was massive. But uh, always, I say, it's like uh, the same feeling that I have in Liverpool. It's not just in the stadium; it was in the city. So you could feel the fans, and uh, you could uh, read the newspapers, and everybody was um, leaving for Newcastle United and feeling about uh, their club. So it's, it's a pity that again I would say that they cannot be even higher because uh, they, when you consider Everton, West Ham, that they were ahead of us, now they are uh, in a bad position. But the Arsenal or even United this year, but uh, Newcastle United has to be in the top 10. They have the potential to be in the top 10. That's it. Do football clubs have a personality, do you think? And if so, what is Newcastle's personality? Yeah, you can maybe you can associate that, uh, but the, for me it's uh, and I, I would say again it's similar to Liverpool in terms of um, a team of a city of workers, people that really care, people that really work really hard to get what they have, and it's something that you could see in our team. Our team was fighting for every ball until the end. So some of the games, I say we were pushing and pushing, or we were defending and defending, depending on the on the game but uh, everybody was uh, working 
and helping each other in, on the pitch. So that is the, the spirit of, of the city and that was the spirit of the team. I know you, you'll say that managers learn every day, you've, but you've worked, you've worked at the elite for a, a really long time. I know you've worked before then, you've, you've worked at a lower level, but what, what does someone like you learn from working in the championship? I mean, it, did it come as a shock to the system in some ways, game after game after game after no, game? No, not really, because I'm coming from uh, uh, Spain and I was in the academy with Real Madrid and I was a step-by-step step, uh, progressing. Then I went to the second division, so I was in, uh, with Extremadura in second division and we promoted, and I was with Tenerife in second division and we promoted, so I know what means that. No, I know what means uh, to be in another level and then to work really hard without the, the tools. But the championship is, is, is relentless and it's now big, big clubs in the championship, isn't yeah. it? No, I, mean, I that's agree. So it's, uh, you can say that it's more difficult because uh, more teams, more physical and uh, you have so many games. No? In, in Spain you have less games, but uh, still my experience in Spain was uh, with Tenerife, <coughs> in second division. You had Atletico Madrid. Yeah, Betis and Sevilla, so three top sides in Spain in the first division. They were at this time in second division. So it was massive until the, we promoted the last day. So in the last game, we promoted and it was so, so complicated. And it's similar to the championship that you have to fight and fight every single game. I mean, looking back to that championship season, one of the really important points quite early in the season was the Norwich City game at home. It was an evening game, midweek at St. James's Park, two and fro and three two down going into injury time and eventually one four three i mean what are your memories first of all of that game and then also how important was the momentum gained from turning that round and, re- and winning that match was a massive game for us and very emotional because uh, my memories was about the, the game that we lost when we just arrived so it was very close i say always we were unlucky because we have leicester sunderland and norwich in the first uh, three three games when we just arrived and that was a crucial game we lost 3-2 in a bad way for me that we deserve uh, more then this game was massive because the position in the table they were close then to win and the way that we won was a big boost for the rest of the season i think it was a, a key game for us uh, during the season at a lot of the clubs you've been at at the highest level you've had proper game changes in your squad it was very different at newcastle and there are lots of reasons for that um including how much money the club had to spend and all that sort of stuff. But one of the pleasures, was, was one of the pleasures of being at Newcastle, the fact you had a squad which was honest and reliable and that, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of Newcastle fans enjoyed watching the team because they knew that the players would give everything in every game. As a manager, it's a different sort of environment you were working in, but did you take pleasure from that as well? Yeah, some people, they don't, they don't follow me um, with the with a clear idea of what is going on on my trajectory, so I never have had any team spending more money than the rest of the teams, apart from one year in the championship with uh, Newcastle United. Not Liverpool, not even Real Madrid was spending money, and uh, not Inter de Milan, no Napoli that was spending, but Juventus was stronger. So I never have had a team that was top of the of the league, and then. Uh, this team will be the best uh, for sure just uh, walking no chance what means that means that I had to to work really hard with my players to create this bond with the players to create this bond with the fans uh, to create this um, mentality of um, uh, hard workers the team spirit was the key 
has been the key in Liverpool when we were there, has been the key in Napoli, has been the key even in uh, Inter de Milan or uh, Extremadura or Tenerife. So has been the key in Valencia when we won the league and the same with the Newcastle United. So this, uh, this atmosphere, this um, team spirit, I think has been crucial in terms of what we achieve. One of the games where team spirit, hard work, effort, all those things came together was that night against Manchester City at St James's Park um, when when you won. Can you give us was that was that one of your best experiences as Newcastle manager in terms of one-off games? And can you remind us a little bit about that night? Yeah, I think it was uh, was great because um, it was a, I remember that we were talking about the transfer window. And everybody was expecting that we would lose this game, and nobody had uh, confidence. We thought, always my feeling is that we have to stay in the games, and then we will have our chances. And that was this kind of game. So before the game, they told me that we were signing the Barreca and Almiron. As a good news because the fans they were a little bit nervous. Then okay, that was uh, positive, but that's it. They, they couldn't play, so they didn't change anything about the game plan. We approached the game with the same feeling that uh, we have to to be strong enough in defence and we will have our chances. And we started the game conceding. So the reaction of the team uh, after conceding against Manchester City in the first minute, that normally you say, oh, listen, now what can happen? So they can score maybe five or six goal, uh, goals. And then the reaction of the team, the way that we stay in the game, the way that we fight and the, the way that we were for the game, that is uh, another proof of the, the spirit of this team. So we were very competitive and uh, sometimes not playing really well but the second part of the league especially with uh, with Almiron playing we were doing really well we were attacking we were creating chances and we finished in the top seven in the, sing the second part of the league so that was the the reaction of a team that really cares about the the, the shared about the the club and then in the end they were ambitious at the same time and when you look back to that game, I think Pep Guardiola came out afterwards and said that you were one of the teams who caused Manchester City some of the most problems. Obviously, they, they won the league back-to-back -back champions. You have a very good relationship with Pep Guardiola. What, what is it like coming up against him as a manager? How much of a challenge is it coming up against his teams? I didn't play too many games against uh, him because he was in, in Germany or in Spain when I was uh, in England. But uh, he's a great manager. And he has a very good team, very good players. And the way that they play is quite difficult, quite complicated to stop them. Because the only way is to be as strong and as, as quick uh, as them. And they have three, four of the fastest players in the in the league. So it's quite complicated to stop them in 1v1 situations. It means that you have to put more players covering. But then they switch to the other side and then you have to move again. And you have to do it quickly. Because if not, Sané, Walker or anyone, Silva... Uh, Aguero, anyone can, can make the difference on his own. So, tactically, you have to be sure that you are making the right decisions all the time. And it's not easy, because even if you are re doing really well in defence, you have to attack if you want to win. As soon as you go, you cannot forget that Manchester City is scoring a lot of goals in counter-attack. So, one of the main things that they have is a pace in the counter-attack, very precise movements. And they press when they are attacking and then you regain the ball. They press so quickly that they regain the ball and they they cut you in a, in a bad position. It's when they are more dangerous. Then to prepare all these things and to be capable to uh, go back after losing 1-0 and score two goals. And the way that we did it, I think it was another massive achievement. You spoke, I know you don't like necessarily singling out individual players, but when you've talked about some of the most underrated footballers that you've worked with over your career, one of them was Paul Dummett. 
Um, he's he's the kind of player I'm sure managers love because he is reliable and he's like 7 out of 10 every week. How important is that kind of player to a manager? And tell us a, tell us a little bit about your memories of, of Paul. Yeah, all the teams, they have some players that uh, you as a manager, you have to use them to pass the messages. You have to use them to... Um, to be sure that your system is uh, stronger, is uh, is uh, solid. Then Paul is uh, one of these uh, players. So he's someone that you can play as a centre-back or you can play as a full-back. And if you are telling him, listen, you have to do this or that, he's capable to do it. Capable to understand. Because you are not uh, asking him he has to pass players and make 20 crosses every game. You, are, you have to ask him. You have to talk with the players around. You have to be strong because he's quite good in the air. You have to pass the ball simple and be sure that we don't give the ball away in defence. So, little things that uh, in terms of um, your attacking uh, football, he can do well. But also, he can keep the organisation in defence and he can help the, the players around him. So, important players for a team when you want to be consistent. There are players that they can win games. They can make the difference in games. So they are not consistent. Then, if you want to, to stay in the Premier League, if you want to go to the top ten, if you want to win the title... You need players that can make the difference, but players that you can be sure that they will give this 7 over 10 every every game. And You mentioned that Paul could play at left-back and also at centre-back. I mean, for the first two, two and a bit years of your time in Newcastle, you played primarily 4-2-3-1, and then you shifted to a three-man central defence in the middle of last season. Can you just explain why you made that change? Was that to do with, with the squad you had at the time? Was it the, 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 the players and, and their characteristics? Yeah, I used to play 4-2-3-1 almost every year in Valencia, Napoli and uh, Real Madrid. Uh, so normally 4-2-3-1, Liverpool obviously. But when we came here, we didn't have, I remember the first year, the first month, we didn't have uh, a the midfielder, we didn't have left fullback. We played Colback uh, one, one game and Anita another game. So we didn't have uh, even the players. But then later on, okay, we choose the players and we play 4-2-3-1 the majority of the games in the the championship because we could choose the players for that going to the Premier League obviously not too much money to spend then we have to adjust and especially uh, the year the last year when we signed Shar Shar is a player with quality on the ball then to be sure that we could uh, be playing from the back and with quality he was the one that he could make the difference and then Leyen was another one so to have uh, Lascelles in the middle with Leyen and, and Shar on both sides was giving us a little bit of quality from, from starting from the back. So, you were already an adopted Scouser. You're now very much an adopted Geordie as well, whether you like it or not, but I'm sure you do like it. Um, when you left Newcastle, you said it was important for people to, to move on. That's been difficult. That's been difficult for some fans. But you must be pleased with the way Steve Bruce has, has gone about the job and particularly you must be pleased about where, where the team are in the, in the league. Yeah, for sure. I said so many times that um, I wish uh, the team all the best and uh, Steve Bruce all the best for sure because uh, you don't have this connection with the city, with the fans and after say, no, uh, hopefully they will not do well. No, it's, it's the opposite. So I think he has a good team and uh, after two years in the Premier League, they needed to bring some players and they were talking about to bring some quality and improve the, the squad. So they are doing well and I'm sure that they will stay up. But it was not the target. The target was not to stay up. So if I decide to leave, it's because I couldn't see this ambition and that's it. But um, 
I don't want to go back to these uh, polemics and then people say, oh, Rafa this, Rafa that. So I wish them all the best. I think that we did a good job. I think that we left a very good squad in terms of um, uh, cohesion and union or, or togetherness. So I think it's a, it's a team that they know what they have to do. You can see the games and tactically they are quite organized in the way that we were organized. And now it's just to be sure that they, they can... Uh, do this a step forward that uh, we wanted to do but obviously uh, you can uh, you can improve if you have the the tools and the money to improve if not it's just the hard work and then try to do your best with the the tool that you have obviously you're in china at the moment but your family very much aren't they're still here could you have foreseen all those years ago when you joined liverpool that you would become so attached to this to this country was for us, uh, Liverpool was um, a massive experience. I used to be in Valencia. We won the league, won the UEFA Cup. The connection with the fans was really, really good. And then to come here, the first night I remember was a big storm, massive storm, and my wife said, "What are we doing here?" So, but uh, later on, so she's uh, really happy here. My friends, they are talking about, "Oh, you know how you like the weather in England?" But uh, we are fine, so I don't have any problem with the rain. I don't have any problem with the cold, so it's, it's okay for me. The league is, uh, is really good. Then you are enjoying little by little every year. You are more connected. And then you want to stay here. You want to compete and you want to win uh, trophies. So because uh, that, is, that is the way. Then you go to Italy, but uh, after you were coming back and uh, the same feeling. So when I was in Chelsea or when I was um, to Newcastle, uh, Newcastle I was enjoying every every minute because uh, I don't have any problem with the um, with the fans, with the organization, everything. So I understand everything. I have to improve my English. Still, I have to improve my English, but uh, hopefully, I can uh, I can do it in a few years. And uh, I'm happy because it's very competitive, and I like to compete. Won't it be very strange for you to be here over Christmas and for you not to be taking a game? Yeah, that is a special situation. My wife is quite happy because. Uh, Normally at Christmas you are going away to play a game or to compete against someone and then fight and then you are upset because you have lost one game or, or you are really pleased because you have won. Now we can enjoy and then I can watch the, the games in the TV and you don't need to worry too much about this one or the other one. It's just to stay with the family. Just, just on that, looking back at previous years when you have worked over Christmas, I mean for a lot of people... In, normal fans it is a situation where they can enjoy it with, with family do, do you get as a manager any time like that or is it is it because it's such a busy time is it just about the football almost exclusively for you no you try to enjoy with your family but uh, it's not easy because uh, sometimes you have to play away so you don't have time to move around if the weather is not good enough even you go away and then you cannot come back in, in time so then this is totally different uh, in, in Spain we have uh, Christmas now but also the three wise men in, in January. So we have two opportunities to give the, the, the presents, the gifts to the, your children, things like that. So if one is not right, maybe the other one will be right. But at, the, at this time, so I am happy because we have both and it will be fine. And will it, what will it be like in the Benitez household on Christmas Day? Is it turkey? Is it Spanish food? Is it a bit of both? No, a little bit of everything. So my, my daughters are English, so then they used to do the normal things uh, that you do. In England, but you have the, the Christmas trees. We have uh, uh, in the past. I remember going downstairs, trying to take the the gifts, the presents, and then put in the under the tree, and they didn't notice or things like that. So the normal thing that you used to do with uh, in a normal family.
I am lucky enough because uh, she's quite busy now with the friends, uh, uh, with the Christmas party, things like that, and I can watch all the games in the TV, so it's fine. Rafa, thank you very much indeed. It's been a pleasure spending a pleasure time with you and Merry Christmas to you. And just a reminder to all our listeners that Rafa is a regular columnist for The Athletic, so please be sure to, to check those out. Merry Christmas to everyone.